Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Gar and I'm here with Paul. Hi, how are you? And this week we're going to be doing a, a special, a special podcast. A special they're podcast. All special. They're, all, they're all, they all very special. <laughs> but this one, um, something we ta- yeah. we've talked about for ages and ages and ages. And we wanted to do uh, where the samples from a load of kind of popular songs come from. We want yeah. to show you uh, the songs that you may know. And then we want to show you the songs that you may not know, or in some cases you definitely do know uh, what, what yeah. songs they were actually chopped out of. Uh, it was an interesting journey. I found I found some mad connections, some absolute mad yeah. ones. I mean, like it's not it's, it can be good enough just to know where it came from, but when you read into it, there was problems sometimes. There was yeah. Uh, oh, I found some mad stuff on some. Yeah, big time, big time. Uh, let's get straight into it then. Who's your first one? My first one is. The song that I knew was Roger Sanchez, Another Chance from 2001. I mm. know that's that kind of <clears throat> early 2000s, although I could have sworn it was late 90s, but it wasn't that song, Another Chance. Um, maybe you want to play it there so people know yeah, which song, a which song of I'm talking like about. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so that's um, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. I think a lot of people will know that. It's like honestly, I think most people will know that. Like, so he's um, a producer DJ from uh, America. I think he's Dominican as well. Has Dominican. Mm. He um, he won a Grammy for his remix of "Hella Good" by No Doubt. Not this. Ah, okay. Even though this is an absolute banger, he also hosts a weekly terrestrial online radio show with 15 million listeners. Fucking hell, man. He hosts a podcast that in 2007 was awarded Best Podcast Award at the International Dance Music Awards, an award they had to make up just for the podcast. Weird. Um, But where is this from? Everyone knows this song, but where is this from? So it's actually Toto's. Toto, uh, not just the hook, Basically, it's the most of the guts of the song yeah. uh, from a song called I Won't Hold You Back from mm. 1983. That album, Toto 4, their biggest album, is the one with um, Africa. And I think it may have Rosanna on it. Mm. Sure. Or the other, the other song they have, the, of the three. Uh, <laughs> Hold the line. Bow, 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 I think bow. it may be in that, actually, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the Eagles bass player, Timothy B. Schmidt, is on backing vocals during the choruses, hmm. believe it or not. Mad. Toto, Toto, everyone loved hanging out with Toto. Yeah, of course. Because they had all the drugs. So, um, so you know that. Now, play this Toto bit. It's mental. Like, yeah. It's Let's crazy. have a look at this bit here. If I had another chance to That's the same song. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it's like their voice in the song. His could be just fully sampled. Like that's more of a remix, just called another chance. Then, isn't it? The fucking that music, like that that style of music, um, for another chance is just just reminds me of 
uh, areas to avoid in the yeah. in in the summer of the early 2000s absolutely yeah absolutely even though it's not a bad song yeah absolutely it's it's a summery dance song as well so they're the they can attract yeah the dull music <laughs> not soul music dull music um yeah. terrifying so that's, a, that's only a small one because I remember hearing it and going, holy shit, this is what kicked off this idea. I was mm. like, let's try and harp back. Like, we know enough hip-hop, and there is a lot of hip-hop on this yeah. from both of us, but there's also a few other ones that are not as well. So we, we dug into them, and um, sampling is kind of mad. Like, it's only really hip-hop that it started properly. Yeah, think, very much so. Isn't it? Very much so. Like, it was, like sampling <laughs> itself, I read, came from uh, the people who made the Fairlight uh, keyboard, mm. which we talked about before. Right. Whenever we talk about Peter Gabriel or Kate Bush bought this synthesizer, that Jan Hammer uses it as well. Basically, yeah. it's the first synth that you could sample, like a sound, or take something, chop it up, and put it across the whole keyboard. Yeah, but that's just that's that's just not really sampling other people's music. That happened in the eighties, and then uh, Will Smith took the piss, just full on the, the piss. Yeah, he really took the piss though. Like, yeah. Well, I doubt it was him. It was whatever fucking, whoever the fuck he was paying to uh, bang yeah. together a lot of songs from. Yeah. Because yeah. it was, the, the 90s, it got particularly bad with like full samples. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like not just taking a bit of a song. We're talking like steal the entire chorus or steal the I know, entire it's verse. crazy. And it's crazy. It. it got real bad. Puff Daddy was a fucker for it. Yeah. Um, he's going to come up in, in my next choice. Of course he is. Of <laughs> course he is. He has to. Like, like we could just take this whole bit yeah, forget it, forget about it. Like, when you listen to, I can't, you see, I can't imagine too many people that are already on the podcast, but there was artists that just use a drum, a snare, and yeah. they put that, that in Very and mix it with, with a little bit of strings from a different song, from a different ear, from a different decade. Very genre. much. But uh, yeah, like you said, the 90s was like, we could just take that whole bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, steal the whole thing. Steal the whole so, uh, thing. So who's your first one? Uh, before I even, I'm not even going to say who it is, I'm just going to play it. Cool. Uh, Ice Cube with It Was A Good Day which is a, yeah, another great song. big big summer kind of banger like um, big time summer banger but uh, this he, did, did, he didn't even have to use his AK he didn't even have to use his AK today <laughs> um, yeah uh, this is off The Predator which is probably my favourite Ice Cube album uh, The Predator's is fantastic album came out second album is it? second uh, no, yeah, yeah. Been, no it would have been this toured maybe oh um, yeah, it would have been his tour to uh, America's Most Wanted, Lethal Injection, then Predator. So it could even be fourth, actually. It might be fourth. Um, but it's 1993. This is the second single off the Predator. Uh, this is voted in the This is in the top 100 songs of the 90s by VH1. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Top 50. Yeah, it's, top, a, it's just top 20, it's top, a killer. Top 27. Um, no, top 27. Uh, this, <laughs> my favorite thing about this song was that it started this big uh, meme thing in, in around 2009 2010 where there was just millions of it was a good day memes where they just told yeah some uh, of them were great and then some they were super but my, my favorite my favorite thing was that someone someone online back engineered the song 
and figured out that the day he was talking about was the 22 of January 1992. They they took everything he oh, talked about. Yeah. They took oh, everything yeah. he talked about, what he watched on television, uh, the sports games that were played the night before, the whole thing, and they figured out it was January 20th, 1992. Didn't they also uh, figure out like where he was during the whole yeah, song? yeah. If you took a left on this, yeah, yeah, there's a there's a whole big culture based around this song. It's brilliant. Now, this song, uh, this song was put together. It was uh, produced by uh, DJ Poo, uh, P O O H, not just Poo, but Poo. Like oh, we, need, we need a that fella, and he uh, Poo is really really important. He's uh, he's kind of been involved with, with Ice Cube's production for a long, long time, but he's also done he's a bunch of other shit for, Jesus, Tupac, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, LL Kill J. He was a producer on the Boys in the Hood movie. Uh, oh, right. He was a co-producer on GTA 3 and GTA really, 5. I remember he had a part to do with that. Yeah, he was, uh, he was also, he was in Friday as well. He was in a load of, movies and he directed a lot of those garbage and you he's know, good like to be he's fair great. he's great but he directed like car wash and all this kind of bullshit you know a lot of these 90s kind of early sorry early 2000s yeah. rapper movies where they tried to kickstart their own little movie industry you know Snoop Dogg and Dr. Ray run a car crash or car, car wash that type of thing like Soul Plane and those kind of movies yeah, those, yeah. painful show he was mad into making those but the fact yeah. that he was a producer in GTA 5 and GTA 3 is a big thing um I think he might he might have been involved in one of the radio stations in GTA three in them. Um, yeah, as soon as as soon as an actor now that looks like him, didn't he play him in the film? He might have. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure. He was involved in loads of stuff, but he was the guy who put this together, and he put it together out of an Oisley Brothers song called "Footsteps in the Dark." Oh, and right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it because yeah, I'm gonna play it in the start because it's not gonna take not gonna take long for you to kind of cop. get the idea it's the yeah, same that's, that's the song it's, it's just i wonder it. does the does the who uh come in later i think actually that, add them? I, I believe that's taken from a song called sexy mama by a band called the moments okay um so this had a couple of little samples on it but the main one is obviously that oisley brothers song uh, the Oisley brothers were originally from cincinnati and moved to new york uh, we, we covered the Osley Brothers probably a thousand times. Um, Definitely a few times. Yeah. Uh, one of their big claim, claims to fame was the fact that uh, Jimi Hendrix played with them for a while. That's right. That, came, that was in one of our podcasts. Definitely. Yeah. Now, what I'm going to say is that Jimi Hendrix slash the Osley Brothers are going to come up in almost every single one of the songs I've picked. Really? Almost. Almost <laughs> every single one. It's fucking insane how many times they kind of reared their head a little bit to the fact where I, I kind of changed a few around so it, it wasn't just an Oisley Brothers yeah. get sampled uh, some, some bands just get sampled an awful lot and it becomes popular to sample them yeah I mean they I had mean, um, like the, one of their big things was the song called Between the Sheets which uh, was one of the main hooks used for Big Papa with a Notorious B.I.G. as well um, that's kind of that kind of reared its head up in here as well, which might have been the B-side to this single. Um, so it's two big, huge hip-hop songs just to come out of the same, off the yeah. same seven-inch, essentially. But uh, yeah, they, they uh, hip-hop producers loved 
cutting up the Isley Brothers. They fucking loved yeah. cutting up Isley Brothers stuff. And um, it's about all I have to say about that one. Oh, it's, it's, just, just, it's a huge chunk of it. Like, it's a, it's, it's, it's the whole thing is just looped and looped and looped. And then you've got, like I said, the ooh, ah, ooh. And I don't know where it comes from that one, but I think as far as I know, the other main sample is uh, is, is, is fucking uh, Sexy yeah. Mama by the moment. Uh, who's your next one? My next one is Fuji's Ready or Not from 1996, mm. the score. Unreal album. Yeah. Like, just straight off the bat. And this song is the best song on it, as far as I'm concerned. It's uh, it's also Obama's favourite song. For real? Yeah, it is. Thanks, yeah. Obama. Do you believe that they didn't get the, uh, the go-ahead to take this sample at all, actually? Now, first of all, it's made up mainly of two samples. Okay. One of them is... Ready or not, the actual song yeah. Delphonics called Ready or Not, uh, Here I Come. And that's that's the kind of vocal hook. Ready or not, here I come. Now they sing it totally different, to be fair. We've covered the Delphonics before as well. We have, I think, yeah. yeah. yeah, they, they, yeah. They've come up in, in, yeah. in stuff as well, and they get sampled an awful lot as well. Another yeah. Oisley Brothers. I stuck this song on just to have a listen, and I was like, Ready or not, here I come. But then the yeah. start of it goes, bam. Bum, 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 bum. I was like, holy shit, that's Missy Elliott. Suck it yeah. to me. <laughs> they took that as well from that. Deadly. But that's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking mm. about the song that takes the main yeah, uh, the kind of haunted The balls of it, yeah. Yeah, and that is all the way from Ireland. Really? Yeah, that's Enya. Fuck off. No, yeah, that's oh, Enya. Boadicea or Boadicea. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. So if you want to play the... Play the um the Fuji's one there yeah, for a second. Play Fuji's. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. So you get the idea with that one. That's uh, like, yeah. Um, and then if you play Enya's version from 1987 let's bang mad all the way from around i wonder did someone find that copy of the celts the celts is her debut album which also is a soundtrack to the bbc show the celts mm. so that's how she kind of kick-started her career i wonder did someone find that and go oh no one's ever going to know who this is yeah despite the fact that enya <coughs> is bigger than the fujis big time and she is massive enya is a global mega star and yeah. i think that it's it's not known to many people because she's she doesn't she's in a particular place yeah. like in, in she, the sphere yeah, she doesn't provide any details about her private life at all like not even a little bit she doesn't use social media she has never toured and she doesn't sell any merchandise and she continues to still sell outsell Millions of like big artists. She lives in a big castle somewhere, doesn't she? She does in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of secluded. She has a kind of co-writing team, mm. a husband and wife who she's been working with for nearly forty years now, I think. And um, wow. 
it's mad. Like in the beginning, her label had no issues with no, her not touring. Yeah. Do you know why? Really? Because she surpassed her sales quota straight off the bat. Like as soon as she released an album, she wouldn't have to promote it. And also, like she just she's not the she's not she's not her thing. She she's a kind of studio person. Yeah. Um, she plays the majority of the instruments on her album. Really, legends didn't yeah. know that. Um, the sample was never approved. Um, and, and they were initially going to sue them, but uh, they got in contact and they had an out of court settlement. Now, here's the out of court settlement. I read what Wyclef said, it was like, and you like just gave us a pass on it and said it's, it's all good. I don't think there was any money involved, really? I just think she wanted to go. And she said, Listen, it's not about money at all, I just wanted to, you, you shouldn't do that. I have all of it. She was, yeah, and, and it turns out because she's been sampled by so many times by uh, Rihanna the Antwoord, who yeah. should die. Antwoord uh, and Scooter, Scooter, German, yeah. back in the UK. Um, she says, you can sample my stuff, but you have to let me and my songwriting team here first. Ah. You have to. And if, it, if if we think that it brings something new to the table, you're good. So yeah, it's all good between them and the food. She says she absolutely loves that song as well. But that song was also sampled by P. Diddy for uh, Mario Winans. I don't want to know. But yeah. P. Diddy actually asked... And, all, right. uh, all she said was, again, send the song over, let me hear it, and uh, yeah, you're good to go. You can they use the it. same, the same, eh, do you use that? Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. Cheap. Yeah. You know, some things just, sur- like, I didn't know yeah, that like, was in you, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Like that, that's a fucking Fuji song now. Let's exactly. So what is, it wasn't even that long after, I think it was 2003. So we're talking like within, or maybe 2002, so we're talking yeah. within four, five, six, six or seven years. Yeah, P. Diddy goes, I want that now as well. But alas, yeah, Fucking prick. Yeah, uh, any skill, man. I hate, him. I hate yeah, Puff Daddy. A lot of people hate, hate Puff Daddy. Him. Don't hate any though. She's fucking deadly. Any's grand. Um, She's grand. She grand. So that's so Fuji's Ready or Not is made up of any Bodicia and um, the, Del- the, the Delphonics Ready or Not. Mm. Which also takes me to see Elliot. Yeah, so that was my second one. And uh, interesting. Like to be honest with you, it's, they're both <laughs> fantastic. And this one doesn't really go anywhere. It changes it changes key, but it's yeah. more of it. It's not supposed to be. Anything. It's just a piece. Yeah, it's, it's that just song. A piece that, yeah. that went on a BBC documentary or whatever yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the Fugees is, is unreal. Who's your next one? I picked uh, Mob Deep with uh, Survival of the Fittest. Now I've been obsessed. Right. I've been obsessed with Mob Deep since I was very young. And the main reason I've been obsessed with Mob Deep is that Mob Deep have a logo for their... Mob Deep's a hip-hop duo. A guy called Prodigy and a guy called Havoc. Now, Prodigy died in 2017. So there's, there's not really any new Mob Deep. Although Havoc has said that he wants to do a new Mob Deep album with Nas. Now, I knew... Uh, like, I knew one or two Mob Deep songs from compilations and shit, but they were yeah. they were always uh, they were a little bit underground, a little bit dark, a little bit kind of off center. They were kind of for they were for the hip hop purist. Um, now that was back in, in the fucking way back when. Now yeah. they're a very well known group, um, kind of posthumously. But the reason I found out who they were was because they have a logo for their group, and their logo is the exact same logo that uh, one of my favorite bands, Sick of It All, use, and it's the it's okay. great dragon. Called the alleyway oh, dragon. I don't know what you're yeah. About, yeah, I have a tattoo on my fucking arm, and uh, basically your mob, what it, your mob deep tattoo, yeah, yeah, my mob deep <laughs> tattoo. Uh, basically, the two lads were uh, the two groups were from Queens in New York, and there used to be some graffiti artists, and that was their tag, was that dragon. 
and no one knew who the who the graffiti artist was. And both groups oh, roughly right. around the same time thought that's fucking deadly looking. I'm stealing that. I so thought the, it was. For, I thought it would have been like some Chinese uh, takeout place. No, it's just this Japanese weird looking. Food, maybe even kind of. It's it's all done with like these kind of like spray hand strikes. It's not very well put together. It's like yeah. and you've the dragon, you know, whichever way they kind of put it together. But Mob Deep used this as their logo as well. I sick of it all. And uh, everybody thought there was going to be mad fucking hassle between the two groups. Like, you know, I was like, fucking sick of it all and bleeding mob deep. We're going to hate each other. But it turns <laughs> out, it turns out they've actually recorded together. They oh, actually, do, they, this particular song, this Survival of the Fittest, they made a version of this with the uh, instrumentation of Sick of It All and uh, some of the chorus being done by uh, Lou, the singer from Sick of It All, and the rest of it being done by the mob deep boys. It's, it's excellent. You can find it online. You won't, I don't think, think it's on a, it's not on Spotify. You'll find it's it not on the Judgment Night soundtrack, is it? It's, it's very close. It's, it's a, yeah, it'd be two kind of underground bands getting together, which was which is a rarity. Yeah. But also, you have to to be fair. Sick of it all. Always had their always had their uh, their, their toes planted firmly in the hip hop scene as well. Even though they're a hardcore yeah. punk band, like for, they've got they've got a song from like nineteen eighty fucking Jesus nineteen eighty seven nineteen eighty eight with KRS KRS one as well. Um, from the way back when, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're going to play Survival of the Fittest just so people yeah. can, can hear because this, this is a very famous uh, kind of dark hip-hop style. Yeah, sending this one out to my man Killer B. No doubt, indeed, without weed. You know what I'm saying? That old real shit. There's a war going on outside, no man is safe from. You could run, but you can't hide forever from these streets that we done took. So that's a uh, survival of the fist by Mob Deep. Now, mm. where that came from, this is mad. I didn't, uh, took me a while to figure this out. The sample comes from a song called Skylark by the Barry Harris trio and uh, with Al Cohen. Now, Barry Harris, geez, born in 1929, is a kind of a famous jazz pianist from the States. And Al Cohn was born in 1925. He died in 1988. Yeah. Um, Al Cohn was involved in nearly 100 albums before he died. Um, but whether that be arrangements, uh, composition, playing, played with everybody, you name it. You name it in the jazz or kind of bebop kind of scene. You name yeah. it. They played. I mean, you're talking about lads born in the 20s, so they were implanted into it from the fucking get-go. Like, they would have been at their height in the 40s, pumping out stuff in the 60s. 40s? Yeah. 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 Like, how fucking crazy is that? But, um, uh, it's hard to find information on Barry Harris, um, his trio. I'm I'm assuming, usually when you get these trios, you get Barry Harris, who's who's a pianist, and he finds, like, a drummer and a double bass player, and they just sit, sit together and kind of jam around. You get these, like, fucking 30 song albums <laughs> that are just yeah. kind of meandering right, right yeah. in the studio right right in the studio exactly right in the studio exactly and they're, they're fun I have a lot of those type of albums and they're fun to have on the house while you're kind of doing a bit of housework or something because you're not really paying attention to them yeah. um, Al Cohn was a little bit more he was a, a saxophone player he had a little bit more kind of kind of directness to him he done a little bit more s- songs as opposed to compositions and music but what I find weird about when I listened to Skylark, when I found out that it was from this song, I went mean, listen to Skylark and it took me ages, and I mean ages, to find that sample, that dun, 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 the main sample in Survival of the Fist, where it was in Skylark. And it turns out they just literally took a one, one and a half seconds 
word to this song yeah. and just slowed it down like massively. I, I, what I'll do is I'll play, I'll play yeah. Skylark and wait till you see how different this sounds. But you, 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 somewhere in there is, is the right thing. So at the very, very start of it, you heard that piano. That's it. Yeah, I've already forgotten the, the mob yeah. deep bit, though. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of comes from? Yeah, it's <laughs> mental. Wait, wait, wait. I'll just play it one was. more time. Survival of it is, right? That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we go back to, to Skylark. That's, the... that's it. It's just they slowed that's it down massively. That's, and that's the that's main the kind of sam- of it. That's the kind of sampling that we, can, we like. That's not mad obvious. Not a big chunk of the yeah. song. Now, uh, Havoc, who produced that, um, his, one of his main influences would have been Rizzo from Wu-Tang, who had that real, uh, he'd done the same type of thing, he'd take like one or two seconds or something and stretch it out with the fitness higher bar um, and have real minimal kind of drums and stuff behind it. Uh, Havoc himself worked with, Jesus, everyone. He's produced for Eminem, Nas, Foxy Brown, Onyx, Notorious B.I.G., Method Man, The Game, Puff Daddy, LL Kill J. Yeah. Um, he put he has uh, two songs on the life of Pablo, um, Kanye West. I like that album, Mexican <laughs> album, but I like it. Yeah, he's got uh, two songs on there. I don't, I can't remember fucking which ones. Uh, yeah, but his style is very much kind of strip back samples. You stretch them out and you mess with them. You kind of make them sound filthy. And, I like that. I really like yeah, that idea the, of doing. The, that's the kind of thing that I kind of. It also makes me feel less like they've just taken the essence. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you can't make a cake by taking the middle of someone else's cake. Although exactly. It, it, it but let's can, say, can, exactly. But like, you go around the spar, the you go around the spar and you boil a little sponge cake and you bring it home and you make up your own frosting and you cover it in it and you write happy birthday on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Same thing. Just, mm. you're yeah, taking someone else's yeah. song and just kind of putting your own name on it. But when you like take, a, do something like this, you absolutely make it your own. That's kind. Of, that's the kind of stuff I really like. Have more respect for. Not that I'm not less respect for the ones. You take a big hook, you take a big hook ground. But uh, those ones where they, you take lumps, like I said earlier, of like tiny little shards and shave bits yes. off, and you create it and drag them out and affect them. Oh, it's great. Very, that's, very important. So, who yeah. was your? Uh, Who's your next one? My next one is Daft Punk, "Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger" from two thousand. Kanye West used sampled this, but. Uh, that's before it was sampled by Daft Punk, right. obviously. Um, by a guy called Edwin Birdsong from What 19... a name. Yeah, it's a mad name, isn't it? What his a name. song his song Cola Bottle Baby from nineteen seventy-nine. This is mad because this um he he wasn't particularly popular. Like well, he was popular enough, but he wasn't particularly like famous or anything like that. Mm. Uh, he was well known at the time for being like a producer and a session musician mm-hmm. but uh, when he was having his own pop at it he had a kind of small fan base but mm-hmm. not you would never have found out much about him if it had not been for first of all De La Soul took uh, Me, Myself and I comes yeah. from one of his songs mm-hmm. but that's still not enough but this this was the one where people kind of knew oh shit hang on what, what is this guy and he said 30 years after I released this song some lad from France rings me about using it uh, for a sample mm-hmm. and then Six years later for the live album, that song won a Grammy. Hmm. Yeah, so that's the, the live version of... So play, uh, play the Daft Punk one there. Yeah. I think everyone will know this song from either Kanye or them. Okay. 
Make it do it. Make sense. Harder, better, faster, stronger. You know that that's that's the one yeah. you know now. But but if you have a listen to um to Edwin Birdsong's version, straight from the very first start of the song, like okay, let's get this going. <laughs> when you hear different vocals yeah. over you're like what the fuck that's because mad it is a lift it's a heavy lift as well yeah although all the bits in harder better that are added that are kind of fucking cool to be honest with you and it is a great song and that's the one with that mad video where the like the whole song's lyrics are written on like that's right and, yeah um he fucking died last year actually oh really um, yeah yeah i age 77 kanye west also um samples some of the stuff but like kanye west always finds like he like, I think he sampled something else apart from like the song, his song "Stronger," which mm. he heard from Daft Punk. I don't think he heard it from Edwin Board's song, but geez, I don't know. Look, that's a kind of small one there as well, boys. Just yeah. that song, the whole "Call of All Baby" song was great as well. Who's uh, who's your next one? Uh, my next one's a pretty quick one as well. It's "The Far Side" with "Passing Me Boy." Oh yeah, uh, another big big stonker of a, of a hip hop song. Um, this originally, this the main riff from this came from a Quincy Jones song called "Summer in the City." Um, oh. Let me just let me play "Pass Me Boy" yeah. so everybody kind of understands. When you get the idea, um, again, there's another big giant uh, Farside song. That's from uh, an album called Bizarre Ride to the Farside from 1993. Uh, this, there's another sample in there called, what's this song called? The 125th Street Congress, it's called, by uh, Weather Report. Now, Weather Report is, Weather Report were a band that will come up later on at some stage that I don't remember. But it's also, there's a, a sample from Are You Experienced by Jimi Hendrix in there as well, in that song. He's back. He's, He's back. back. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tried to avoid, Jesus, I tried to avoid it as much as humanly possible. Now, like I said, that's from a Quincy Jones song called Summer yeah. in the City. Uh, let's give that a quick blame. Hmm. Yeah, so you can't yeah, go too far there. They've, they've changed it. They've changed it a little bit. In a I good think they way. just they've, took out a, ch- a couple of notes. Yeah. yeah, they sped it up, and they kind of. I think there might be a different pitch. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. Now oh, yeah. Quincy Quincy Jones by himself put out 16 albums, three live albums, four compilations, and done 24 soundtracks. And guess who he used to play with? 
he used to play with the Oisley Brothers as well. No way. So we got a double down. Linked. Yeah, so far side of using Jimi Hendrix, who was in the Oisley Brothers, and Quincy Jones also played with the Oisley Brothers. He sat in with them. It's uh, crazy. That's a session, man. So, yeah, it's uh, that, that's a nice little quick one. I, I actually always wanted to know where that sample came from because I, I always loved it. It's one of those very uh, infamous kind of little bits of a song. I always yeah. wanted to know. So I'm glad I went hunting and found that. Well, that was high on my list once we decided to do this podcast. Yeah. Uh, who I like is, that. I like it as well. It's a cool little thing. The, the, yeah. the, the, the fucking Quincy Jones song itself is actually kind of cool as well. Farsight are just a very easy to listen to band. They are. They annoyed me though. I think I talked about it on the podcast. They annoyed me because they've started some sort of bluegrass hip hop group. Oh, um, yeah. No thanks. No which thanks. can just die in a fire. Yeah. Uh, zero interest. None, none, <laughs> none. Uh, who is your next one? My next one is Eminem. My name is from 1999. His first big song that kind of like cemented the kind of initial druggy cartoony feel that he came out with. Oh, and a kind of graffiti-ish, baggy clothes. Yeah. Kind of um, over the top. Like everything was over the top, but it was also cartoony and sarcastic. Yeah. And it was great. Um, <clears throat> this was... I'll tell, tell you this, right? I remember uh, uh, bunking off school and going into, uh, I think it was the Sackville Place pool hall down beside Cleary's off O'Connell Street. And that was like one of their places to hide if you were, if you were kind of uh, fucking doing a runner from school. You didn't want to go to school that day. You and a couple of your mates were like, fuck it, we're not going in. We'll just forge, yeah. forge our mother's signature tomorrow. Said we had, <laughs> we had fucking consumption or something, tuberculosis, something. And uh, we'd go in there and just play pool all fucking day and they had uh, they had TVs that would play MTV and they had the music pumping through the speakers and all but I'll never forget being in there but like, tell me mate bunking off school MTV is on and hearing that fucking hi my name is and turning around looking at the television and they were doing like a Brady Bunch kind of video I think yeah exactly and I was I was sat there like we fella rapping rapping yeah. good this good girl like and I stood there for ages <laughs> and for like the whole day that we were in there they must have played it 30 times and every time it came on I was like stop playing pool get close to the television watch it I was fucking obsessed, oh, I, was obsessed. Mad about it. I went straight and bought the single I loved yeah it. I, loved I even it. got both my ears pierced and both of them got infected <laughs> I swear to god just to be like Eminem just to be like Eminem I was going to dye my hair and everything and uh I was going to bleach my hair, the whole shebang, but I got my ears pierced first, and both of them got infected. I'll never forget. I thought I got one. I got one. I got one. Like stood out on time, and I kind of healed. And the other one I left in because it was it was Midland. And then I remember one night I was probably about eighteen, seventeen or eighteen, and we were going to this pub. We were going to McGowan's pub in Fibsborough, which was like like the be all end all at one stage because nobody knew when it closed or it. It was just yeah, here all this. night. It's just hell hole, hell hole. And I remember being at the door and the fucking ear was in bits and it was all swollen out and shit with this stud in it. And the, the, the bouncer says, you can't go in there uh, with an earring. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, take it out. And I'm like, mate, if I take this out, like, you don't understand. Like, this is the only thing holding them. Like, you just weren't, blokes were not allowed to have earrings back in the 90s or whatever, whenever this came out. Oh, yeah. Um, I had ear two they, in the left ear in the nineties. They just wouldn't <laughs> let me into the pub, and I remember taking it out and putting it in my pocket, and then going in 
to the toilets to put it back in and I dropped it in the sink, I dropped it in the floor, oh, the whole shebang, and I just banged, I mashed it back into my ear, mashed it back into my ear and got the stud back in. And I remember the next day waking up and my ear was like a fucking walnut with infection. <laughs> it was it was like a new sink. set of balls. Yeah. All the, the whole shebang. Spitting and yeah. sneezing and farting. hanging out my ear and I had to squeeze. I was squeezing all the pus out of it. I was disgusting. So that was the only the only attempt at piercing I ever had in my entire life. Was one that got infected, took it out quick enough, and the second one uh, that fell on the floor and the sink of the floor of McGowan's pub in Fibsborough that nearly killed me. <laughs> and uh, well, that's would that's you like to hear, yeah. Would, would you like to, to know hear, more? Where the main hook comes from? Okay, it comes from a Labby Seifer song called "I Got There" from 1975. So play the Eminem one there that we all know and okay. either love or hate, depending on whether. My name is. So you know that, um, yeah, that version. Now the next one, the Labby Seifer version of the song called "I Got the." I'm going to play about a minute of it because you have to see how it changes. Yeah, the, yeah. So it goes from about yeah, like you have to you have the time there where it comes in because yeah. this is a brilliant change from an amazing first part of the song into this, and then as a reward you'll get a nice little fact about uh, the music. Okay, hang on, let me let me yeah, play this then. Get this going. Yep. goes on to continue to kind of sing over like the rest of that um, yeah that's fucking mad i never heard that before did you know no no uh, well here's here's some mad information with us so to get the sample they contacted him because he was already quite famous with a song called uh something inside so strong do you remember mm. that song something inside something inside oh, that he released he came out of retirement to release that song uh in response to a documentary he saw about the South African apartheid. Yeah. And, um, but they asked him, can we use it? And he went, I'm going to check everything about this song. So he checked it and went, right, a few problems here. As an, also, like, as an openly gay black musician from England, yeah. who was kind of popular in the 70s, hmm. he had a few things to say about what the I'd, initial lyrics I'd say initial so. lyrics were. He said in 2012, he said he refused to clear the sample until all the sexist and homophobic lyrics were taken out of the song. Really? Because uh, he said he'd think having a go at women and gay people is just lazy writing. Yeah. 
So he took the Eminem and Dr. Dre took it out and released it. But here's the mad, and then they won a Grammy. If typically mm. won a Grammy with that song, but here's the mad one: the famous bass and guitar sample was played by two session musicians. One of them was called Chaz Hidges, and the other one was called Dave Peacock. Right, Chaz and Dave. Yeah, fuck off. They're playing that. No way. Yeah. Before they became the famous like comedy duo that we yeah pub fucking music, pub music yeah they're playing that because as session musicians mad that, that bass mental it. yeah that's crazy isn't it yeah um, Chaz and Dave yeah holy so shit when you hear Eminem that's that's them as well that's as Chaz and know, Dave unless um, it was recreated completely I don't know it sound, sounds sounds right no it sounds well yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah Labby Schieffer had that song and he also. Uh, wrote the song It Must Be Love that was yeah. made famous by Madness Must oh, Be yeah, Love yeah. No, and he was in the yeah he was in the video for that he's a fantastic songwriter he's doing a lot of stuff he's been in and out of retirement just based on the fact that he doesn't have to do it it has to do with jack shit is what he has yeah, to do exactly yeah well. so that's my that's my uh, that's my Eminem Labby Seifer story very cool his name is Claudius Afo Labby Seifer that's a brilliant fucking name that's a great name Big name. Yeah, who was uh, who was your next one? My next one is one of the big kings of samples. It's Fatboy Slim. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's uh, one of his biggest songs, maybe his biggest song. It's the Rockefeller Skank. Uh, yeah, everybody loved this song, and I don't know where I, this came from. So I'm I interested. Fucking love it. I fucking love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear a play a little bit of it just so. Yeah. We'll, we'll let it play for a couple of seconds just so we, we can you can experience all the different samples that are going on. Right about now, the funk soul brother. Check it out now. The funk soul brother, right about now. The funk soul brother, check it out now. The funk soul brother, right about now. The funk soul brother, check it out now. The funk soul brother, right about now. The funk soul brother, check it out now. The funk soul brother, right about now. The funk soul brother, check it out now. The funk soul brother, right about now. Funk soul brother, right about now, about now, about now, about now. Right, so everybody knows that song. That was you couldn't escape that song. There's so many samples going on. It's ridiculous. Now Okay, right. The, the main one of the main riffs comes from uh, a band called Just Brothers and a song called Sliced Tomatoes. Right. Um, Sliced Tomatoes. Oh, Sliced Tomatoes are, are weird. They're like a kind of done nothing kind of band. They they, they didn't do an awful lot. Uh, they were they were signed to fucking like Motown for like a day. Um, they were involved with the Drifters for a little while. They had to, they, they had to kind of push and shove to get their own stuff released, even though they were kind of session musicians. They were kind of journeymen, if you get yeah. me. Um, they, they never really done a lot. They kind of, they got more famous after they were gone on the Northern Soul scene for this song in particular, the Sliced Tomatoes song. Now, okay, Rockefeller Skank by Fatboy Slim. Norman, Norman Cook is his name, right? He's, this is the yeah. guy who popularized the, the, what they call the, the Big Beat genre, the Big Beat movement. Uh, other bands that are considered to be Big B are the Prodigy are included in Big B. There's Daft Punk to a degree are included in Big B. And any of these big electronic bands that don't really bother with uh, kind of 
ethereal, kind of slow, wishy-washy kind of stuff. Anybody who just goes straight for the banging, you know? Do you remember, do you remember in, uh, in Peep Show, do you remember the Big Beat Manifesto? That's right, Fuck the Big Beat Manifesto. the Big Beat Manifesto, Jeremy. Exactly. <laughs> um, he started off, uh, Norman Cook started off as a hip-hop DJ uh, before he ever done anything else. He used to mess around with turntables, and that, that was kind of what he, he got interested in. Um, eventually, in the early 1980s, he started playing bass for the House Martins. That's right. House Martins were where the beautiful South came from. So the, the House Martins from Hull in the UK, um, they'd done a couple of years together, done particularly well. Uh, they knocked it on the head. Some of the members went on to form the beautiful South. They were awful. They were yeah, awful. Yeah, there's a couple of songs I don't mind, but it's not really my bag. Um, he went on like and he started. To, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're it, right. It, they have, some of it's <laughs> fine. It's it's just whatever music. But that song "Perfect Ten is one of the worst songs ever in. Yeah, it's just it, it's absolutely. Perfect Ten. It's another one of those. They're, they're just one of those. Now that's what I call music bands. You know, they yes, just exactly. They have a exactly. song every year on that and. You know, this could yeah. be Rotterdam or anywhere. Like, yeah. Just another one of those bands. He went on, Norman started a thing called Beats International, <laughs> um, which was his first kind of foray into professional electronic music, essentially. Uh, they had a number one hit with something called, uh, a song called Dub Be Good To Me. Um, oh, yeah. I have That's that on seven in summer. Um, he also, he started a band with David Bourne from Talking Heads. Um, no in like 2007, 2008, it's called the Brighton Port Authority. I haven't heard it. It sounds oh, very. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't heard it. Uh, he holds the Guinness World Record for the most amount of top forty hits worldwide under different names. Yeah, because he's he's isn't he Pizza Man as well? Yeah, he's Pizza like Man. He's got he's got a thousand different fucking monikers going. He um, also wrote the music for uh, the Smurfs video game on the Commodore sixty four. Oh, did he? Yes, <laughs> very go. cool. Uh, so, what's in this song? What is in Rockefeller's Gang, right? You got sliced tomatoes, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's going to happen. Right? Let me hear this. I'm dying to hear this. <clears throat> so, the House Martins, their very first number one song was a song called Caravan of Love. Yeah, That's remember that? Right, yeah. Caravan yeah. of Love. That's a cover. Who do you think they covered? Not just brothers. It was the Oisley brothers. Books. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it was the Oisley brothers. Now, what there is as well is there's another sample called Vinyl Dog Voyage by a, guy called Vo- a group called Vinyl Dogs. That's the uh, right about oh. now funk style brother thing. Um, they couldn't truncate it, though. They cut it up. It was the, the 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 words that your man in the song were saying were different, so I had to kind of chop it up. Yeah. Um, it's also it's worth noting that most of these albums were made on like an Amiga five hundred as well. Um, his first one was That's made really on an Amiga five hundred. Yeah. This would have been a, maybe a tiny bit more, a tiny bit more advanced. This this album in particular, but he had there was four main samples used in this song, and in order to get them all cleared, he had to give twenty five percent to every single sampler. So he made Ooh. zero money off this. Off this song or like probably zero. most of the album? Off maybe. this, this uh, song. Oh, right. So this song sold fucking millions of singles. That's, see, that kind of pisses me off that he didn't get at least an equal cut because otherwise it wouldn't happen if it wasn't for him. Yeah, that's the only way you could clear it. They all want the 25%, 25%, 25%. I, I assume what happened, somebody heard, somebody in Slice Time, oh, and Just Brothers went, uh, well, I want 25% then, you know. 
and he was yeah. like, "All right." And then the lads and uh, vinyl dog vibe were like, "They had a, they had a talk, they had a chat." Yeah, they had, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they all kind of half knew each other somehow or, or knew somebody. And uh, yeah, so but the, the, there's our uh, our Isley Brothers slash Jimi Hendrix smart, connection yeah. once again. Uh, I love that song. I DJ with it all the That's time. Great. I fuck. I I, I adore it. Uh, who is your next one? My next one is. Britney Spears, Toxic. From it's Britney, Bianch. Um, like, everyone knows this song. This is a I massive it. song. It's a great it. song. Yeah, it's so well made. Deadly, man. It's uh, Britney's first and only Grammy. Do you believe she only has one Grammy? Really? I thought you'd have That's a shit Surprisingly. Oh, yeah. I would have thought you'd have a shit Remember the video with all the <coughs> naked with all the diamonds and that stuff? Was, wasn't there snakes now on this one? Um, oh, I don't remember. Maybe yeah, that was a different one. She's like a she's like um an, a secret agent and stuff like that. It's cool. It's like it's mm. it's a pretty cool video actually. It's well made. Yeah. Um the video itself was actually uh too racy for MTV and moved to late night. For real? That's mad, isn't it? The song Toxic was initially offered to dun, 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 Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy now. Kylie Minogue. Oh shit. In 2003, but she rejected it. Bad fucking move, Kylie. Bad move, Could have yeah. got a Grammy. Could have had a... Well, <laughs> Probably she hasn't gotten the Grammy, yeah. Um, but the original comes from an Indian song. Really? By Lata Mangashkar and SP... Oh, let's get deep breath before this. Balasprua Manyaman. Wow. And their That's song... Terry Mary Beach Mine from 1980. So if you play uh, the Britney Spears bit there, you'll like it's play, play toxic here. One because it's great. Baby, can't you see? Oh yeah. That is. Um, with the bit we know and love from uh, yes, but but check out this section of this song from 1980, Terry Murray Beach Mine. All right, let's hear it. That's fucking mental. Wow. It's actually quite a clever take of... The, they took two bits of the music. They took yeah. the initial strings. They took the kind of stabby part, but then they yeah. put the f- back in. Yeah, no, it's deadly. That's really very cool. Um, yeah, like I said, the, Britney Spears is only Grammy, hmm. but SP... Bala Subramania holds the Guinness World Record for singing in the most film songs. Really? Because obviously he is a prolific Bollywood singer. Mm. So, I've never been into Bollywood. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't, don't get it. Maybe, don't I haven't get it. Given it. maybe I haven't given it enough of a chance. I have. Well, first of all, here's the thing, right? I fucking hate musicals. So it's also yeah. a bad start. Yeah. It's also a real bad start. Everything's a musical in Bollywood. So it doesn't really matter what, what the movie's doing. I, the, I watched... A Bollywood movie one time that I really enjoyed, and it was about cricket. 
I thought, I, like, hey, I hate Bollywood. I hate musicals. I hate cricket. Yeah. I hate movies that are on a Sunday that I have no control over. Yeah. All of those things. And yet still, somehow, I didn't hate it. I, I watched oh. half of that. Remember a couple of years ago, there was like a clip doing, doing the rounds of like the greatest Bollywood action scene of all time. And it was the bloke oh, who like spins the car and like while the car is spinning, it's just literally like steps out of the car, real cool as fuck, and just yeah. starts shooting lads. And the car flips and it's flipping over him, and he's shooting lads through the car as the car flips over him. And then he just starts, he starts wrecking cunts, and he starts like wrecking them in a real bitchy way, like he's like bitch slapping <laughs> them while he's like pu- pulling their trousers down and all. It's like the least violent, violent thing I've ever seen. It's it's uh, like yeah, it's like Jackie Chan meets Charlie yes. Chaplin. Yeah, I hadn't a clue what was going on. It was fucking banana. <laughs> and I'm mad into it and I went and found uh, someone put it up on YouTube and I tried to watch it and it was it was just, it's, it's not for me man it's, it's not, not for me you. like I, I don't understand it there's all there's, it's 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 too unrealistic right as terrible as that sounds it, it looks like a loads of Bollywood Bollywood it's like it's state funded to try and like force fucking people into thinking this is what you're supposed to do like you're right. supposed to, you know, fight for the rights of your women and protect them until fucking, uh, you know, until you die, and you know, make sure your kids are well looked after and fed. And then you see documentaries about India and there's fucking women getting stoned and children living in sewers. Like it, the the yeah. dichotomy, the dichotomy of what Bollywood is pushing out versus the reality of what yeah. the world is. At least like you watch the commitments to fucking horses in bleeding lifts. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like the films about yeah. Ireland have junkies in them. You know, there's none of that <laughs> in Bollywood. They don't seem they don't seem to have any sort of grasp of reality. And that with the coupled with the fact that they just start singing out of nowhere. Oh, you know, I have to turn you off. The music's not bad. I don't mind the music itself. Weirdly Perfectly enough. fine. But, uh, Perfectly fine. Because I love a lot of those rhythms. They're class. Oh, that's and, uh, real interesting. Perfect and yeah, no. So that's toxic. I knew I had... Um, I didn't. I thought it was a kind of Middle Eastern feel, but the more I think about it, of course, it's more Indian Bollywood. Uh, ba- Bangra, I think, possibly is the name. Yeah, Bangra, I think. Yeah, Bangra music. Uh, who's your next one? My next one is uh, something we've talked about before. I don't know whether we've actually played this song, but we've talked about this song before. It's uh, "Glory Box" by Portishead. Ooh, only one of the best songs ever written. It's fucking super so this is off Dummy uh, from 1994 it's the third single off Dummy so when the, when the third single off your album is as good as Glory Box you can imagine what the rest of the singles and the rest of the album is like you know what I mean that's what I always say like the fourth single is your big Jesus Christ Almighty you know what I mean yeah. that's your fucking kick the door down so normally you get like one single out and then the second one is like oh it's alright and the third one's like ah Jesus Christ lads like Fuck it, get another album out. Like if Glory Box is the third single, holy Jesus Christ. Like holy Jesus Christ. Yes. Um there's a bunch of samples used in this. Uh the main one that I'm gonna be talking about is an Isaac Hayes song called Ike's Rap. Uh Ike's Rap Two, actually is what it's called. Um there's another sample called um Daydream from a group called Wallace Collection. The baseline right. is from there. Now, this song, everybody's heard, it's been used a thousand times in movies, shows. I think Levi has done an ad for it as well. Yeah. Um, uh, we talk an awful lot about everybody in um, in Portishead. But one of the people we don't really talk about is uh, the guitarist. The guitarist's name is uh, Adrian Utley. And dude has played with everyone. I know you mean Ooh. fucking everyone. Uh, he's played with Tom Jones, 
Goldfrap, Sparkle Horse, Alison Moyet, The Coral, Marianne Faithful, Massive Attack, Baffer Lashes, Marilyn Manson, Jeff Beck. He even done music with David Attenborough. I like most of them. Almost, <coughs> yeah. almost all of them. Almost a, all of them. That's an incredible uh, collaboration repertoire there. Yeah. He's just, I think he's a teacher or something by day. And he's, uh, he's very, really interested in like jazz guitar techniques and stuff. So he has a load of little trios and groups and jazz groups going. But he's just yeah. one of these guys that people are like, he has a particular sound. He doesn't make guitars sound like guitars. He knows where to see everything yeah. in the mix and they fucking oh, loom. I'd love to know all that crap, but I'm too lazy. Me too. Just big ignorant riffs till I die. Um, yeah. uh, let's play Glory Box to. here. Let's yeah. play Glory Box. Everybody knows. This is, we don't need to go back over again. Oh, well, so. <laughs> I know. I just so want to. I just. I'm gonna after this. We record this podcast. I'm just gonna play the album. The album is fucking fantastic. Uh, so Isaac Hayes, uh, 1942 to 2008. Uh, probably to be fair, most famous as chef on South Park. That's realistically well, in 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 over here, but in in America he was shaft. Huge. And it's shaft, and then unfortunately yeah. became a fucking Scientologist. He was a Scientologist since uh, 1993, and uh, he started off with Stax Records, who were like a kind of the, the, the southern competitor to Motown. And what he was, he was a producer and an in-house songwriter for them. And I went through a list of songs that he wrote, and it's fucking insane the songs he's written and um, really? he he wrote soul man for sam and dave that's a banger he wrote hold on i'm coming by sam and dave hold on i'm coming yeah <laughs> hold on then, then, then hold on, i'm, I'm coming. coming exactly <laughs> uh he wrote b-a-b-y by carla thomas which is one of my favorite songs of all time the list is just fucking outrageous now what he done was he was one of the first guys that tried to make himself larger than life so he actively went out looking for TV roles and movie roles and stuff like that. Uh, he was in Escape from New York, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, Robin Hood, Men and Tights. He was in A-Team. He was in Miami Vice. He was in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, South Park, uh, Stargate SG-1. He was in Hustle and Flow. Um, he just went out of his way to try and do all this. Him and a mate has ended up buying a basketball team in 1974 called the Memphis Tams, who uh, don't actually exist anymore. They changed names a hundred times and just disintegrated, such as the way American sports are. It's real weird. Um, the Memphis Tams, they bought them. And uh, they were, that's how rich they were at one right. stage. Now, he spent most of his life in massive amounts of debt. Massive mm. amounts. Yeah, he was always in debt. And maybe the reason for that was that... Suck, he, suck on my chocolate salty bills. Exactly. Right? Uh, right? He was married four times. He had 14 children. He had 14 grandchildren and he had three great-grandchildren. Lord. So no wonder he was broke. All he was doing was doing <laughs> fucking Nana Granda day every day. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> every that day. Is, that is an extortionate amount of birthdays. Isn't it? Is it? Every day is a fucking birthday, like, or an anniversary or something, <laughs> you know, a wedding anniversary or a birthday. That's all it is. Or a fucking funeral once you get old enough. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, he, uh, four times, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he became a Scientologist in 1993. Uh, I'm going to play the song, uh, Ike's yeah. Rap 2. I'll just play, play a bit of it from the start so you kind of get the idea. Um, it's, it's pretty obvious. Love. Love. I know you can hear me. See, we've known each other a long time. I guess. So you can hear the main thing in the background. Yeah, that, that's that's just the organ chords. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. I was, for a minute there, I was, I was getting worried. No, I was like, no. I don't ruin that song for me. Like, <laughs> no, the that's bass. Only, that's only uh, the, the shell of the organ. Yeah, yeah, the shell of the organ. The bass yeah. comes from the uh, Wallace Collection, Daydream. That's the fucking boom, 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 boom. Is that um, not that song, Daydream? the flowers. I wonder if that, that's no, song. no, no, different, different. Yeah, song. and then there's a lot of strings that are added as well. So the yes. Portishead song is a nice amalgamation of exactly. loads of exactly. Like, it, it's a nice little. It's not a full lift. No, they didn't just take oh, a section. Yeah, they took that. It feels to me like they heard that and taught Isaac Hillway a really on the song where it's not just a song around it. Yeah, it's not just Isaac Hay is just fucking saying random words, which is most of his albums were just him talking <laughs> nonsense. Like I try, I've tried, I've tried for a guy that puts so many fucking bangers out. Like um, I've tried to get into it, and like once yeah, you start never... seeing stuff like Shaft too, I'm out. Like I'm fucking out. <laughs> Shaft, um, Shaft in space. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that'd be great. Actually, I'd be mad into that. Who is Excellent. your next one? My next one is DJ Shallow, the number song mm. from the absolutely unstoppable, irreplaceable, introducing album. Perfect, Perfect album. Yeah. Yeah, it's just got so many samples on it. It's just yeah. built entirely of samples. Mm. As far as I know, there's nothing added to that at all. It's, it's one of the first albums that's completely sample oriented altogether. Um, the vast majority. So play of just actually just play that number song there. Okay, yeah, right. The number song. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five. Break down, baby. Right. So you got that. Yeah. That's that's all you need. That's it. That's really all you need. And now play. Metallica's Orion from 1986. Let me line this up here. Do you, right, here we go. And hit play. Oh, it's gotta be. <laughs> it's gotta be still. <laughs> here we go. Finally, man, we're using new technology here, folks. Yes. Real cool, actually. I knew I knew that somewhere. Yeah, I knew I knew it. Orion by Metallica, which is one of my favorite pieces of music that Metallica mm. ever wrote. Not just instrumental, just any song, but it was fucking class. Yeah, so that song also features um, a Pink Floyd sample and yeah. two different 
Grandmaster Flash samples. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that. Jesus Christ, it's so much stuff going yeah. on there. Like very dense. The whole album's yeah. very dense. Um, it's hard enough to get a sample off Metallic. I would imagine. Yeah. I couldn't so. find any information about what went on. I'd say whoever the the record label releasing say so. um, was like, we'll go on to, we'll, we'll, we'll green light as much as we can because this album is incredible. Like, yeah. So it's, it's literally came out 10 years after Orion. Mm. Like literally 10 years, almost I think to the month. Um, but yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It's t- it doesn't sound like Orion. No, it? no. But you, you can hear the, 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 it's just that change, that burn, you can hear that yeah I, I, I always like I, I know the album inside now and there's, there's a load of times in it where I heard a bit of a song going like that's fucking something and it's bothering yeah. me that's something yeah. and it's annoying me I only found out recently I was like right I'm going to get a good one from the DJ there has to be loads of class mm. ones for this podcast this like because sampling in general we, we're talking about that you have to talk about introducing yes. so I had to get a song from introducing on this and when I heard that is, what I went through Pink Floyd, a few loads of other people. There's even a sample on one of the tracks from uh, a Twin Peaks piece of music from Twin Peaks. Really, There's loads of stuff. Yeah. Well, so when I saw Metallica around, I was like, "Oh, that fuck, one, yeah, of course, yeah, of course." I know, yeah, because man, what can you say about DJ Shadow? You, you don't really make. You, you start with that album, you don't really make another one like it again. But no, he never, time, got, never came close. No, you didn't know. You wouldn't have the time. No, it's, they probably spent years making that, and then fucking, like fifteen years making yeah. that or something like that. Then the label, yeah. yeah, the label. What one a year later? So, yeah, nope. that's crazy. <sighs> that's, that's but it's mad that it's only it's only ten years after Orion. Like ten yeah. years is not, especially the older you get. Ten years is like an afternoon for real. Was that, was that ten years ago that, yeah. that he died? You know, you know, the worst is you know when someone dies, and a few years later. You, you hear about them go, oh, they only died a while ago and you check and it was like eight yeah. years ago. Like, yeah. Hang on, no, I only found that out like a minute yeah. ago. All the time. Forever all the time I do that. It's crazy. Yeah. How time 100% like of the time I do that. But um, that's, um, that's DJ Shadow, the number song and <coughs> taken from Metallica, Orion, amongst others. Uh, who's your last? Is it your last one? My last one, yeah. My last one is one of the most famous hip-hop songs of all time and it's uh, California Love. Right. Two pack, yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. Uh, I think this might be the remix version of it, um, but there's a reason behind that. Let me just play it. Everybody to the wild, wild west A state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness The track hits your eardrum like a slug to your chest like Yeah, that's the remix, right? The that's not the original oh, version, which so is fine um, It's the amazing The original is garbage in comparison uh, the, no, the original one is the one that you kind of want yeah, the, the, no, It's weird the one I, want. I want that one the There's another one There's another one Yeah Oh Yeah, it's, no, it's I don't like the one that I don't like the one that starts California. Le, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's garbage. That's another one. Here's here's that. the thing. There's seven different versions of that song. Really? Seven. Seven. Now, the reason that there are seven different versions of it, the one that we know and love, the fucking California. Le, dun, oh, the bass kicks in straight away. Yeah. yeah. The one that we know and love, that was supposed to be for the Chronic 2, right? That was a track that Dr. Dre had been working on just before he left 
Death Row Records. And Tupac had just joined Death Row Records. Uh, he was after getting out of jail. He ran mm. basically straight from prison to the studio. And Shug Knight was like showing him around. And Dre was in there messing around with something. And he said, fuck him. What have you got? What are you working on, Dre? And Dre's like, well, I'm you know, working on my next album. And he said, play it. Yeah. And fucking press play. And Tupac was like, that's incredible. So he grabbed a notepad and a pen. And he wrote all of his lyrics in 15 minutes. Off they went. And uh, so the song was made, and because it was made on Debt Row Records time, with two Debt Row Records people, Debt Row were like, well, we're fucking releasing this, so they released as a single. <coughs> then what happened was, Dre left Debt Row Records. So he took right. the original kind of version with him, the one that we know and love, that had been released as a single on Debt Row Records, uh, but okay. it wasn't allowed to show up on an album. So the version that shows up on an album, the one that nobody really likes, is that's on uh, All Eyes on Me which yeah, is a kind of slow great. one. It's not good. It's not good. However, there's seven different cuts and versions of remixes. There's also two different videos. There's the video. Maximum. Yeah. You know, that was right. So that video, uh, the original California love video that was meant to be uh, Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. That was shot on the set of Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. Oh, you're shitting me. They just went there at night. They got permission off fucking George and said, listen, can we, uh, can we, uh, George Miller, can we uh, use this for a couple of hours? And they were, he was like, yeah, yeah, there's cars and all there, man, if you want. Like, there's loads of petrol no, for fires. I never knew that. That's class. Yeah. Um, it was shot in like the fucking LA desert or some shit. And uh, so off they went, made, a, uh, made the video there in the actual Thunderdome fucking, yeah, I only found that out today now as well. So what they done then, uh, I also talked about this on another podcast that Kendrick Lamar, when he was real, real young, lived close enough to where they were shooting and he went out to the set and he was looking at them filming the video for yeah. California Love, which is how we got interested in hip hop music. Because um, he was on set while they made that video and years later then he ended up working with Dr. Dre on an album. But, and Kendrick Lamar is fucking unreal. Exactly. Uh, this, uh, they made a second video which was for the remix version that was going to be on All Eyes On Me, where, yeah. uh, where Tupac, wa- i never seen this video, I have to go and find it, where Tupac wakes up and uh, that video with Dr. Dre was just a bad dream. Right. And rings his mates. A it's a little like bit of a dig, yeah. And, he was uh, such a little bitch, Tupac. He was, yeah. I love yeah. Tupac, but he was fucking, do you know what? Him and Shug Knight just, man, everything is a fucking battle or a war. Yeah. Yeah, everything's just turning fucking anthills in the mountains. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, so we made a second video for his remix version, which no one ever really, really gave a shit. Like, to, let's be, let's be fucking honest. Um, no, yeah, the original one's not, not available. Version. Whenever I accidentally played, ever accidentally played that all version all the time. All everyone's like, the time. Everyone's like, you know, like it doesn't even have. Dun, 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 yeah, it's so missing so much. Now, what that uh, the, the song, the original version of the song is available on like the greatest hits of Tupac. That's how they got away, got a, uh, got around it. Yeah, because uh, it's not an actual album. Now, the sample comes from a Joe Cocker song. Does it called "Woman to Woman"? Right, I'm gonna play that now. Let me figure it out if I can. Oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, because it's Joe Cocker, not because it's two women. Well, both. Here yeah. we go. Both. That's mad. It's mental, isn't it? Let me welcome everybody right. to the wild, wild. <laughs> Yeah. So that was from uh, yeah Joe Cocker, Woman to Woman. 
Uh, Joe Cocker, I obviously died in 2014, uh, 1944 to 2014. Uh, that's off the album Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker. Uh, from you ever 19- see Joe Cocker look like performing live in videos? It's mad. He's freaking out. Angry little sweaty yeah. dude, but he's yeah. fucking people are going like losing their mind. Joe, yeah, like an, an awful lot of his look, those gigs look incredible. Oh, yeah, mad. He, I, re- I was reading about Joe Cocker today, and it's, it's, I don't know whether it's a shame, it's hard to tell. It was a fucking weird old life he had, real weird. Died of lung cancer. Um, he smoked for years, but gave up in like the early 90s, and I still got him, you know, and yeah. smoked for like 40 or 50 fucking years, and still get and still got him. Um, Joe Cocker for some reason remember we were talking about Phil Collins being like one of these guys that people love sampling yes it turns out that people love Joe Cocker as well Joe Cocker I kind of knew that regarding samples I see his name popping up yeah um, he's been sampled by the this song if I remember if if I'm reading it correctly this song alone has been sampled by the Ultramagnetic MCs EPMD Rex and Effect Moby Quasimodo as well and like, like Moby uses it in Honey I think he uses a chunk of it in Honey oh when well, Honey come back gun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. how did I never fucking cop that yeah. before how so, did I never cop that <laughs> uh, yeah so this, this song has been chopped up a thousand different ways by a thousand different people um, uh, I think it's kind of cheap because as we're talking about with the Fugees like that song is now California. You know what I mean? It's yes. not It's not woman to woman anymore. It's California now. So why would Moby or fucking Quasimodo or EPMD or any, like, now it depends on the year that they came. Maybe Ultramagnetics possibly done this before. Um, Ultramagnetics and EPMD quite possibly done this before. Uh, Dre, maybe. Yeah. This could have been one of those just go-to records to, uh, to kind of steal stuff off. But yeah, I... I um, I find the fact that they use the thing kind of perfectly, the speed of it and all is almost dead set. Um, the, the the kind of the horns coming in, so well, they use it almost did, completely. Yeah, yeah. They use it almost completely. Uh, but that's my last one. That was a two packet with Doctor Dre, um, and Joe Co- versus Joe Cocker versus <laughs> Joe Cocker. Yeah, man, I never knew that. I like, I never knew that that was his sample. And it sounds fucking deadly. Yeah, it's it's cool as fuck. We've added both of the songs to sample and the yeah. sampley. Yeah, uh, they're on the playlist. They're on this playlist, and uh, that was our. That was, we've wanted to do that one for a while, but um, I'm actually surprised that we've done this remotely, not in the same place. Because it was it was a bit tricky. I thought, uh, yeah. like I said, we're trying out some new technology, and uh, sometimes those things get get messy. And we're also uh, obviously still remotely uh, talking to each other. I, the thing that bothered me is when I was building the the playlist, I kept I kept forgetting what sample was that, what song. And uh, when oh, I tried yeah. to reorganize it, because you know sometimes you'll dump five in, I'll dump five in, and then we'll yeah. try another one. And I just I made a bollocks. For it. I literally had to get a pen and paper and write it all down, like back to school, <laughs> full on back to school job, and then I uh, go in and reorganize the whole thing again. Uh, but yeah, that, that's us for this week. Uh, the usual bullshit. You can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash lost our podcast if you want to give us five dollars a month. You will not be alone. There's, there's plenty no, of people helping us out. It really, really helps us <laughs> out. Really does. It's uh, not we're doing another fiver that we don't need. Every time we, every yeah. time we get a new Patreon, I'm like, oh, deadly, we got another one that's going to go towards exactly. equipment and stuff like that. Like I'm about to be 
because my microphone doesn't sound as good, I'm about to be hit with a big fucking bill. I actually just got hit with it today for that new microphone, but at least I'll be sounding better. Yeah. Um, if you don't have $5 a month to spare, that's perfectly fine. You can go to facebook.com forward slash Lost Art Podcast and just share something. Like us, share. Uh, leave a it's review. Very yeah. yeah. Do something on the podcast, you know, since uh, we're flying up the charts like the beautiful South. Um, carry on up the charts <laughs> is what we're doing um, we're flying up in the music charts all over the world which is great but we're still broke and uh, we, well, we don't live at home with our ma we're like one step away from that at any given moment yeah like, <laughs> yeah, like, like I'd rather you know what like as much as I appreciate the Patreon money as well, like the sharing it is as important. Yes, uh, because like just getting it, getting it out there because we we love doing it anyway. We're going to do it anyway, but yeah, it is great when we find like new people commenting on the stuff and like oh this or someone. It's cool to see someone finding it for the first time. Going, Very much oh, so, yeah. All treasure trove. So. As well as that, we do a show now because of this COVID fucking nineteen lockdown. We do a show every Saturday. Yep. So don't forget to check us out every and mix there. We'll post links to it. We always post links to it. Yeah. But um, that's when me and Gary get way more drunk and way more leery and play basically just less concepts and more just going with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. Going I didn't drink at all tonight. I'm very happy with myself. I did. Did you? Like, I yeah, didn't. I didn't. But I had a I had a can there looking at me. I don't. What's the point? It's not point me having one can. <laughs> I have to have ten of them. Like. <laughs> uh, so I didn't bother me whole uh, but yeah we'll, what we'll do is we'll leave it at that for this week folks and we will be back again in a week and in between now and then we will see you on Saturday night for our live radio show on Mixler.com yes thank you I think we're done where is your fan kicks off <laughs> I know it, it kicked off once in the middle of it now but uh, it's not the end of the world no,